myself. Uh, welcome to TK Live. Can everybody hear me? Can I get some thumbs up and, and some some hearts or whatever emojis you have? Okay, so people people can't hear me. Thanks for uh, coming out and uh, apologies also for the long hiatus. I haven't been uh, on Colin for a little bit, for a minute. Um, had some illness uh, at home, some other some other issues. Uh, but uh, today's a um, uh, for people who may have uh, read me over the years. Um, some of you might know that this is actually the my favorite day of the year. A- actually, the Saturday of, of the NFL draft cycle is my favorite day uh, of the year, and I'll get into that uh, in a moment. But the uh, the three day period of the NFL draft, um, I-, I have a lot of psychological problems. Uh, but the the NFL draft is is probably among the more serious issues that I have. Um, I've been I've been kind of addicted to this uh, event for for years. Uh, there are probably people out there who are familiar with the kind of person who, once upon a time, bought every draft guide before uh, everything became digital. This was a process that. Uh, was pretty much limited to these specialty magazines that um, used the same kind of paper stock that really, really bad porno mags use, uh, which I don't think is a coincidence. Uh, but you would you would buy these uh, draft guides, and people who are really obsessed with the NFL would read and memorize uh, the lists of players who were coming out every year. And for some reason that um, I haven't really been able to explain to myself or to my family members who've, who've made peace with this over the years. Uh, there's just something about this that uh, causes me to um, completely obsess uh, over this process uh, on an annual basis. The three days of the actual event, um, I, I really just can't be talked to by anybody. And uh, it was it was around, I guess, a dozen years ago, maybe 10 years ago at Rolling Stone that uh, I started to take notes about uh, some thoughts that I had about the NFL draft um, because I had spent so much time watching it. I, I, I developed some theories about things that people who were pro- professional uh uh, sort of drafters, directors of pr- player personnel, NFL GMs. Um, it, w- one of the most hilarious parts about the NFL draft is that uh, people who get paid enormous sums of money basically to do one thing, which is um, not pick the wrong person to hand $50 million to in the first round of, of the NFL draft. That these people consistently... Uh, get those decisions wrong. And I've always found that fascinating. So I started to make lists of sort of rules that, um, you know, if I were ever uh, in the position of, of being an NFL drafter that I would actually follow. I have been publicly um, begging the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Shahid Khan, for years to hire me. I've told him that he doesn't need to pay me, that I'll um, all I need is a room and, and, uh, you know, a, a blanket, maybe some, you know, a husk of bread every now and then. Um, but I would do this shop for free. And, uh, just, just quickly before we get into the, into a uh, discussion about, it, I want to go through some of the, some of the rules that I've come up with over the years, I added a couple of new ones this year because the draft has actually evolved in some interesting directions in the last few years. Um, if you're an NFL fan, you're probably you probably know this, but uh, so rule number one is draft the weed guy. Uh, this is like uh, a solid gold, 100% tendency in the draft. If if somebody um, is a big time talented uh, player and they fall in the draft because uh, of rumors that uh, the person is a marijuana smoker. Um, you, you snatch that player up a hundred percent of the time, uh, 
NFL fans are probably familiar with some of the more famous cases of this. Uh, there was a very good left tackle who, whose draft stock uh, nearly cratered because just before the draft, he was, there was a video of him. Um, uh, more important. Uh, episodes involve pe- people with names like Randy Moss and Warren Sapp. Um, you know, some of the best players in NFL history uh, have taken serious tumbles in the draft. Uh, even though, from any logical point of view, if you're an NFL GM, you actually want your star player if he's going to do if he's going to have any hobbies you probably want him at home smoking weed in front of the TV. Like of, of all the things that they do, they, they can do to fill their time. That that's probably the least harmful. Um, so yeah, like if there, if there's a person who's got um, what they call an off the field red flag uh, and that red flag happens to be weed, um, you draft that dude every single time. Um, uh, rule number two, uh, white wide receivers, they're a market inefficiency. They always have been. They continue to be for some reason that I don't really understand. Um, you know, we've seen people like Cooper Cup uh, not get drafted and, uh, until later. Uh, even when uh, the player tests out um, as athletic uh, and has a good 40 time and all these other all these other things um for some reason nfl gms are hesitant to draft those players they also have a weird bias against uh samoans who are consistently underdrafted um which is another another thing that that i think you have to pay attention to if you're if you're drafting um a, a third rule is draft a quarterback every year this this is because um Basically, the hardest thing to do in football is find a quarterback, and everybody sucks at it. Like, there's there's basically um, no consistent way to tell whether or not a, a player is going to be a good quarterback or not. I, I, I think there's a couple of things that I, I would say stand out as qualities that you should look at, like, you know, if it were me, I would look at decision making and whether the person processes uh, information quickly. As before, I would look at things like height and arm strength. But whatever, that's not important. The, the the really important detail is that is that GMs get paid enormous sums of money uh, to find quarterbacks. They they fail to do it constantly, even if they're looking at these people under a microscope. Um, you know, you can see what happened last year. Uh, you devote enormous amounts of time scouting people like Trevor Lawrence, who looks like he can't, he's a can't miss product, um, or, um, you know, or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or any of these, uh, quarterbacks. And some of them work out uh, and some of them are Blaine Gabbert. And then some of them are Pat Mahomes. Uh, there's just no consistency to this like there is with other positions. So my, my theory about this is that the best way to draft a quarterback is by accident. Um, and the only way to draft a quarterback by accident uh, or the, the, the best way to do it is just to, to grab one every year um, or roughly every year. I mean, you, obviously if you've already got three on your roster, you, you're not going to carry four, but uh, look, that's the way the Patriots ended up with Tom Brady. They grabbed a, took a flyer on somebody late and they kept uh, a fourth quarterback on the roster um, uh, for his his first year when he didn't play, um, and I think that's what you got to do. Like, I mean, I mean, look the the league has proven that it's it's terrible at this. It misses people like Tony Romo and Kurt Warner all the time, um, and so just take those those players, uh, stick them on your roster, and then give them a chance at some point and. Uh, if you get lucky, you, you end up with a quarterback. Uh, the worst thing to do is this, this was more important, um, 
back in the day when there wasn't a uh, a, a salary scale for rookies because franchises would be ruined by drafting players like Jamarcus Russell, number one overall, and they would be forced to give that, that uh, um, you know, 70 or $80 million. And if it didn't work out, it would set your franchise back for four or five years. So uh, there was an enormous premium on finding quarterbacks somewhere other than at the very top of the first round of the draft. Um, so uh, that's, that was, that was uh, a big one for me. Take, uh, take quarterbacks late every year. And like, you know, this year, you know, there's lots of quarterbacks who look pretty interesting late. There's the kid from Notre Dame, uh, Jack Cohen. There's a, there's a Brown quarterback. Um, and you never know, even, you know, look at, look at players like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I know is very frustrating, but he's an Ivy league quarterback and he, um, even though he played at a, at a lesser league, he, he stuck around for a while. There's a guy named Jay Perry who, who is uh, more of an athlete than Fitzpatrick. And, you know, why not take him in the seventh round as opposed to, as opposed to trying to draft, you know, a, a gunner for your special teams units, uh, which you can get as an undrafted free agent. So, so do that every year. Uh, conversely, um, this leads to my next, next rule, uh, Draft fat guys in the first round. Like, um, I think one of the big mistakes that a lot of GMs make, uh, and I can't believe I'm talking like this, but they they always want to make the big, sexy um, position player pick in, in the first round. And those happen to be the hardest players, I think, to scout. Uh, it looks to me anyway like, the, you know, the, the – the it's very difficult to tell, um, you know, when you're getting Blaine Gabbert and when you're getting Pat Mahomes, because there's so many variables involved uh, that have to do with, you know, study habits, reaction time, things that you can't you can't tell by, um, you know, just looking at the player and testing and doing all that stuff. Um, wide receivers also, there's a big fail rate in the first round with a lot of those players, and also you can get them late uh pretty easily but you can't it's pretty rare to get great offensive and defensive linemen late in the draft every team needs them you probably should build your team from the middle out uh so get your big dudes offensive and defensive linemen tackles defensive tackles they're boring um but if they're uh, if you're drafting those in the first round, um, that's a safe strategy. You'll probably keep your job. And remember, as an NFL GM, your job is not to win. Your job is to not get fired. Uh, and the easiest way to get fired is by um, drafting the kinds of wide receivers that the Detroit Lions did for years. So just draft tackles. Who hang, just stick them on the field, let them play, and, and you know they, they usually work out. Um, corollary to that, uh, first round players, they should be, you know, what they call fairway shots in the, you know, in the middle of the fairway. Like if you're drafting a player in the first round, there should be no, there should be no yeah, buts with that player. It it should not be somebody who's had multiple knee surgeries or who's recovering from spinal fusion surgery or who has a, you know, a, a record for throwing a brick at his girlfriend at a frat party. Um, he, this shouldn't be a wide receiver who runs 4.9 and the 40, like there, there should be no blemishes on your first round receiver. Now people will come back and say, well, yeah, but then you're going to miss all these great players. Like think, think of, think of people who had, off-field issues like Randy Moss, um, even Jerry Rice, who, you know, he, he ran 4-7, and that's one of the reasons why people didn't touch him in the first round. Well, okay, you're, you're going to miss a few of those players, but, uh, again, the easiest way to lose your job is to pick somebody in the first round who can't play at all. 
Uh, and so uh, it's better to get um, better to get a player who's just really good and doesn't have any flaws and um, you know fits the mold exactly of what you're looking for. Uh, then take any kind of chance in that round. Um, you know, draft guys like uh, Champ Bailey or, you know, uh, I don't know, who's, who's a great tackle uh, or, the, or like the guard, the, the, that guard who plays for the Colts who's so great, uh, blanking on his name right now. Anyway, do that. Guys with no flaws. Um, and then take your flyers later on. I, there's, I think one of the things that happens with the draft is these executives, they get greedy they, and they start to fantasize about how cool it's going to look when they draft X player and he's making all these exciting plays. And, and then the, the assistant says, well, yeah, but, you know, that, that person had to have, um, you know, his knee rebuilt nine times and but that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll just figure that out later. <laughs> in other words, they, they overlook all the blemishes because they're so hyped up to get that person on the field. Just don't do that. Uh, just a couple more. I have this thing called, I, I call the Justin Miller rule, which is named after a cornerback um, who played for the Jets. He was actually a, a kick returner. Um, if, if you have a player who... Um, in the most important week or two weeks of his life manages to get arrested uh, while he's surrounded by his entire representation team um, and every member of his, of his family. Uh, if that person like drives a pickup truck into an old folks home or, um, you know, gets a DUI uh, or again, throws a cell phone at a, uh, at a girl at a party or something like that. Um, just probably don't want to draft the dude who gets arrested the week of the draft. I, I, I think, I think that's not going too far out in the limb. Uh, believe it or not, this happens fairly regularly. Um, and it actually happens with, with fairly highly drafted players, but, um, I, I, that's a big no for me. Like if you can't avoid getting arrested the week of the draft, you know, there, there's there's something going on there. Um, last couple of things. Uh, injury cases. Now, I know I said like in the first round you shouldn't go, you shouldn't deal with players who um, have bad injury histories. But there's a there's a difference between somebody who has um, an injury from which you know they they may never recover or. Um, you know, it's unclear whether it, you know, the performance is going to be affected. And somebody who just has a run of the mill, who like got injured in, in the last couple of weeks of his, uh, his senior season. Um, and then that person, for some reason, will then tumble down the draft boards as if something's changed about that player. This happens all the time. It's happening a lot this year. There's a whole bunch of players this year who are, um, who got uh, seriously injured during the season. Um, there's a defensive end from Michigan uh, named David Ojabo. There's a uh, pair of receivers from Alabama, uh, John Mechie and Jameson Williams. Uh, really good linebacker from LSU named Damone Clark. Um, these guys are basically first round, well, not, maybe not Clark, but the other ones are basically first round talents who have um, injuries like ACLs or ruptured Achilles, which is a little more serious, but they're going to come back. Um, if you get a second round pick or a third round pick and those players are still there, just, just take them. There's no reason not to. Um, uh, for some reason, um, there's a huge hesitancy about the, the penal. They tend to penalize these players like about a round and a half. And I've, Never really understood that math, but it's it's pretty consistent over the years. Uh, a great example of this was Rob Gronkowski. Now, Gronkowski had serious back issues, so you can understand why uh, a team might be a little bit hesitant about drafting that that guy. Uh, that and the fact that he apparently fell, fell asleep at 
team visits and had some other issues. But um, but he had to go in the second round, and I think he appropriately went in the second round. Um, but if you're in the second round, you, you grab that player. Uh, and then the last one um, is just uh, – I used to call this the don't sleep on small rule because uh, because people in the draft – uh, for some reason, tended to avoid. Um, they, they didn't like drafting small running backs. Uh, or actually, they don't, they don't like dra- drafting small anybody, but uh, particularly running backs, even though they're hugely effective uh, players who touch the ball a lot and um, are very valuable to your team. Uh, guys who have, you know, are short in stature. Uh, tend to go late in the draft, even if they test out really well. Players like Maurice Jones-Drew, they fall to the second round um, or later. Uh, but I'm, I actually am expanding this rule now that the the running back position has gone from being overvalued to undervalued. Um, so what we've seen in recent years is that um, a player who's really good and, again, touches the ball a lot and has a major impact on whether or not uh, your team wins or loses, uh, they tend to get um, they tend to get penalized just because they play that position. Uh, so I'm of the opinion that if you have a, a choice between like the ninth best cornerback and the first best uh, running back in the in the second round, um, you should go for the uh, go for the running back um, because those players just tend to be, um, they tend to be underdrafted. Um, you know, like Jonathan Taylor uh, is, you know, the, the, the running back for the Colts. Uh, he goes 40, 41st in the draft in, uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, if they redid that draft, uh, where would he go? Uh, this, he would probably be in the first, in the top five picks. Uh, he'd certainly be ahead of, um, you know, players like, I don't know, C.J. Henderson, maybe, um, uh, Henry Ruggs, absolutely. You know, there's a whole there's a whole list of people that he'd be ahead of. Uh, but, you know, basically he was a running back. And this is going to happen again tonight. Um, you know, there's a couple of really good backs this year. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. They're going to be drafted late, probably. Um so, anyway, those are some of my rules. I've, I've got more. I could go on in the subject. I feel like I'm boring everyone. Why don't we open it up for discussion uh, so I don't just sit here like an insane person talking to myself the entire time. But I, I, I just apologize in advance for for um, the hyper-intense quality of, of my devotion to the subject. But I uh, would love to talk, talk with you all about this. So, uh, let's let's open it up. And... I think Jonah's Jonah's first in line. Hey, Matt, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, oh, great to be on the uh, the show. Thanks for having me. Um, no problem. Oh, hello, are you there? I just lost somebody. Charlie, I think you're up. Hey, Matt, you there? Yep, I am. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. Hello. Sorry, I'm on a construction site. It's the type of guys you get when you talk about football. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. What part of the Yeah, I was calling uh, Shad Khan's helper guru. (laughs) I think the bar's pretty low. I don't know if you read about um, what's his name, the coach for the Jaguars who got fired for dancing with some chick, Herb, Urban Meyer. He didn't know who Urban Meyer. Yeah, Aaron yeah, yeah. Donald was. He did. I don't even think he still knows who Aaron Donald is. So I think here at the he bar's cl- pretty he low. He claimed that he knew who Aaron Donald was. I, uh, I wasn't sure I believed him though. Did you believe him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was that was pretty weak. He, he, you know, he had that 
Urban Meyer, when he came to the NFL, he had that look like he, he just wanted someone to put him out of his misery the whole time. So, yeah, that was I, – I just feel for Jaguars fans. Are you a Jaguars fan? No, lifelong Broncos fan. So I was uh, laughing when you're talking about it's impossible to draft a quarterback because even John Elway is incapable of that. So. <laughs> yeah, how many have they tried? It's pretty funny. Oh, no, eight. Yeah, eight or ten. Right? Yeah, like uh, – Who's that guy? Paxton, whatever his name is, Brock Osweiler. Um, yeah, yeah, they call Brock they Osweiler the, high- the what? But, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had. And then that Laramie Tunsil guy, I think he's selling his gas mask weed smoking video as an NFT now. So see how it all comes back around, right? Yeah, exactly. See, it's a, you, you, you got to look at it as a plus, not as a, not as a minus. I, that was one exactly. of the funniest moments in in, uh, in sports history, I would have to say. Uh, that was, if, yeah. for, for those of you who haven't uh, don't know what we're talking about, although I'm, I, I'm I imagine most people in this in this discussion do. Uh, check out the L- Laramie Tunsil uh, gas mask video, which um, was I, I, I always imagine what the agent's reaction to that was um, that, that, that had to be a, a classic moment in the history of sports representation. But uh, anyway, but, uh, but that, that's all I had for you. Well, I'll let you take some more calls, Matt. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Thanks, Charlie. I think uh, NBF is next. Hey, Matt. Name's Justin, actually. Uh, it's just a business account. Can you hear me? <clears throat> yep, I can. How's it going? Good, man. I'm uh, just as excited about the draft today as you are. Um, <laughs> if sorry. I recall... What's that, sorry? I said, I'm, I'm sorry if that's the case. No, but no, I know what you mean. Did you uh, Did you happen to read Dane Brugler's The Beast from The Athletic? I, was, I spent, like, hours going through that last Sunday. <clears throat> I... Not, I did not. Uh, what, what, what did he write? Well, it's just like a thing that he releases every single year that's just like an in-depth, 288-page-long uh, analysis of every draft-eligible player. Um, I just thought that maybe you would, you'd have heard of it or were interested in it. But, um, but yeah, anyway, if not, yeah. um, I, th- I seem to recall, like, through reading some of your writing and hearing some interviews that you're a Jets fan. Is that correct? I am not. I'm a patriot, which I try to. Oh, you hide. are right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up. Me too. That... Um, and I and I know, I know, uh, <laughs> I know how bad it is to be a Patriots fan. But the thing is, in my defense, I suffered through the uh, the Tommy Hodson, Tony Eason years. So, um, so I don't I don't feel as bad about. It, but uh, no, I'm a Pats fan. Uh, so who? who, who, who Sorry, who do you follow? What's what's your team? I'm actually also a Patriots fan. So oh. I'm 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 younger though. So I was kind of uh, like my first year of pain was last year, or sorry, the season oh. before. So I'm I'm a yeah. bit of a bandwagon fan, uh, admittedly. But who do you who do you like us to take at 21 today? <clears throat> I'm actually hoping they try out on the uh, this. I think the draft. There's about. There's probably 20, 20 first round players in this draft, and I think the sweet spot for for this draft is in the second and third rounds. Um, so I I'm hoping they do. Like remember that year when they drafted Jamie Collins? Um, they basically sure they draft they they traded the pick that became Cordarrelle Par- Patterson for uh, like four day two picks. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I, there's a lot of good players in the second and third round, uh, in this draft. And, uh, I also just increasingly have a fear of, uh, Belichick drafting in the first round, which I never had before. So, um, yeah, man, me, t- me too. I'm honestly worried that he's going to like trade up to get a defensive tackle or something, despite having Barmore. But, uh, you know, I also I wanted to ask you a quick question because there was something mm-hmm. that you said that I thought was interesting about like the Laramie Tunzel incident. And you were speaking with the previous mm-hmm. caller about what is your take on these things about like Kayvon Thibodeau perhaps falling in the draft because he's seemingly more into like crypto and his sort of own brand more more so than football. 
Yeah, so that's something that's come up um, in other sports. Remember, remember when Jalen Brown got drafted in Boston? Yep. Uh, and uh, there was there was all this talk that the player was too smart. Um, that you know the fact that he excelled academically was a negative because you want you want someone to be not dumb, but just dumb enough to be completely obsessed with the ball or, or to not have any other interests. Like, you know, Tom Brady doesn't really have other interests uh, outside of football, or at least he did most of his career. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think that's overthinking it. Like, just watch the, watch the player play. If the player tries hard and is, is great, which I think Thibodeau yeah, is, absolutely. you're going to end up talking yourself out of a good player. No, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't know, what do you think? It's almost a little silly, like, especially with, you know, the issue surrounding marijuana. I think that's obviously really outdated thinking. Obviously, at the time, things were a little different in terms of the landscape, but I think that it's probably, uh, you know, probably changing, especially with it being legalized and stuff. But then the crypto thing and, like, marketing yourself, I mean, these guys are, they're kind of entrepreneurial as well, and that doesn't necessarily make that mean that they're a bad football player. Yeah, like, probably what teams are thinking when when they when they obsess over stuff like that is: Are we going to have to deal with uh, somebody who's got opinions on social media? Is it going to be a PR issue? Like, you know, from the from the standpoint of of the team, they feel drafty. Um, you know, like a born again Christian who you know says the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, the military and, you know, gets dewy eyed when there's the, you know, the jets fly over the, the stadium. Like that's the kind of, <laughs> uh, and obviously somebody who's, you know, if you, if you show up at your team meeting and you're carrying, um, like an Evelyn Waugh novel, like that, you, you're going to lose, uh, <laughs> You know, a whole a whole bunch of um, backers in that team's uh, draft room instantaneously. So, um, I understand I understand where they're coming from because uh, obviously players who are independent minded, like it's good in society, not always great for football. But uh, but uh, yeah, they they can overdo it too. For sure, got to be a good soldier. Well, hey, listen, um, thanks a lot for taking my call. I was not expecting to talk about football. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan, though, and uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to someone else. <clears throat> thanks a lot, Justin. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Go yeah, you too. All right. Uh, I, think, I think Gritty's up next. No? Are you there? Gritty going once, you got to unmute yourself. Oh, my bad. Uh, there you go. Hey, Matt, you know, Patriots suck, Celtics suck, Red Sox suck. Go Phillies, <laughs> go Sixers, go Eagles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Philly, excellent, excellent. I'm yeah. All for, I'm all for the yeah, Phillies. Well, hey, if you were drafting for uh, Jacksonville, you, you, should, you would enjoy Doug Peterson as a head coach. I was, I was sad to see him go. He he was a good coach. I actually, um, yeah, I, I I never really understood the, the the reasons for for his departure there. But uh, no, he's a he's a good coach. Although being in Jacksonville, he'll become a bad coach. I yeah, think. of course. But I think it was because he was a little uh, a little green uh, when it came to coaching in the NFL. He didn't have the ability to build like a good staff around him. So you know, but that just comes Perfect. with time. Yeah, absolutely. Got to learn to delegate. Uh, I, was, stuff. Mm-hmm. I was curious if you ever heard Malcolm Gladwell's theories about the NFL draft. No. What, what did he, what did he say? That's, this is, this is interesting. So he ultimately uh, said on his podcast from a couple of years ago, um, he basically said that the first round is like a crapshoot. You're better off trading away all of your first round picks to get multiple second and third round. And, you know, you basically it's kind of like having, you know, more shots to shoot. And you just you just got to take your shot and, the you know, forget about the first round. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I generally I agree with that. In fact, that that's on that was on my list, um, and I just didn't mention it. You know, the 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 factor that determines whether or not a team drafts well or not tends to be how many picks they have versus versus whether or not they've done well. Um, like if you, just to take the example, the Patriots that actually didn't draft that well through most of their dollars, but what they did do is email mass enormous amounts of not all um so go go on a case by case basis right like if you have high yeah. first round picks and players like chase young available like uh, i think most there are a lot of nfl even nfl executives can tell the difference between an absolute can't miss player and um and you know somebody with with whom there's like a little bit of doubt right so Mm, not if your GM is Howie Roseman. Howie That's, Roseman drafts Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. That is true. That is true. That is that's a tough one. Yeah. No, I, I guess I guess that's not an iron ironclad rule, is it? Right? Like there's <laughs> uh the Tony Mandarich thing. I mean you the, you know, Ryan Leaf, all that stuff. Um Yeah, yeah no I'm, generally I'm in favor of treating back, taking as many players as you can. I'm also like a big proponent of, um, uh, of, of developing undrafted guys. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of, um, teams that, you know, I've, I've read about teams that only have 70 or 80 players on their board, yeah. which to me means that they, they're going to be basically wrapping up at the end of the you know fifth or sixth round, there's there's not going to be anybody left. If if there is, uh, they're going to be in competition with you know thirty other teams for two or three guys. Whereas uh, you know teams that are successful are you know are, are the ones that end up getting a starting cornerback or middle linebacker you know a- after the draft. Um, so you got to scout everybody like five hundred players a year, which right. just investing and and. The NFL teams are cheap, right? They, they they spend huge amounts of money on stupid things, and then they don't want to have scouts look at these players. I just don't understand that. Do you? I, I don't know. No, I mean, well, Howie Roseman oftentimes doesn't seem to listen to his scouts. Although I will say, his draft in twenty twenty one was a was a much needed improvement over the previous years. So, um, what did but, he, did he get last year? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the 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 receiver, right? Got Devonte Smith. He got Landon yep. Dixon. Kenny Gainwell was a fifth round pick. He was a he was a running back. You know the kid looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milton Williams was a third rounder. He was uh, part of the defensive line. He he you know again like these are these are players who are playing now. Whereas previous drafts, you know we he would waste a first round pick on a guy who has all the you know intangibles and he just never gets on the field. Right. So, Right. It's just guard that, but hey, you know I'm a Philly fan, so I'm going to be booing whatever he does today, and, <laughs> uh, and just waiting for the Sixers to like stab me in the heart as they blow a three nothing lead in the playoffs. Oh, is that game tonight? Yeah, it's tonight too. So it's a big night for Philly to be disappointed. I don't think I don't think they can. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I go back and forth on whether or not they're actually capable of losing this Raptor series, but. Um, it's with, Philly. Yeah, it, it is Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I will say that the, the, the Philly fans like, uh, sort of psychological predicament, I think is one of the great things in American sports. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the booing of Donovan McNabb is like one of the great clips. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he's the, one of the great players in the history of the team and, you know, yeah. He was hearing it, um, but anyway, I w- w- wish wish you luck tonight. Uh, you're 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 in the NFC, so I, f- I feel safe in saying that. And um, uh, I, I think the Eagles are, are on the upswing, so you know they're definitely on the upswing. Really like Jalen Hurts, and you know I'm going to drop off. But Matt, really looking forward to your next book. And I must say, I do enjoy Aaron Mate filling in for you on Useful Idiots. So, but I'm glad to hear it. I'm very, very, very glad to hear it. Yeah. Thank- All right. Well, take take care and good luck tonight.
Okay. Uh, Don, I think you're next. Don, you got to unmute yourself if you're there. Or Dan? Dan. Okay, going once. Going twice. Let's try Hunter. Hey. There we go. Hi, there we go. Yeah. So I just want to bring up something that's been frustrating me in the uh, draft lead up as a Lions fan. And uh, I, I, I'm well aware that nobody pays attention to us and I'm, I'm fine with that, but uh, there's just, there's, there's been so much talk about us taking a quarterback, especially at 32 and 34. There were some rumors at, at two, but that that's not happening. And it, it makes no sense at all. I mean, our GM, he came from the Rams. Uh, he was their director of college scouting. He's like a, a well-noted big-time golf guy. Last year, golf got off to a bad start, but the word was he never gelled with Anthony Lynn. They took the play calling away from Lynn around week eight or nine. They brought in Reynolds, like a guy that they liked, extended him, or that golf liked. They extended him this offseason. They brought in Chark. Like, everything is pointing to that. The team believes in him at least for one more season, right? And, like, let's give him a better a better team around and kind of see where it goes from there. And that that's not even including that, you know, we have seven or eight holes on defense that we got to plug. We need an, uh, another, you know, number two receiver. And next year's class looks great. So if golf sucks, then, you know, we'll be right at the top again for a quarterback next year. And if he's decent and we want to move on, we have the draft capital to move up and get a different quarterback. So I just – it, it keeps happening. It, it, I keep seeing it, whether it's Ritter at 32 or Howell. It just doesn't, t- it, it doesn't make any sense to bring in a probably non-franchise guy to compete with Goff for one season. Because if Goff's bad enough to where he has to get benched, we're going to be bad enough to where we have a top five pick and we'll just get our franchise guy or hopefully franchise guy next year. So it, it, it's been driving me nuts. And like I said, I know, you know, none of the media pays attention to Detroit. They don't know our team. I get that. But I just it I, it's been so difficult to see the whole time because it it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, I I do pay attention to the Lions. I I feel for the Lions. I I, I root for them. I, I always wish that they were better. Um, the you know the, the in terms of their draft history that they're uh, that that. What was it a three-year period where they drafted? Uh, yeah, was, well, yeah. Rogers and Williams and Williams sat out the year because he got the agent and then wasn't actually able to go into the draft. And we still took him at like five. Right. And we finished it with Calvin at least, so it, it worked out in the end. But yeah, yeah. But it was like your that was that was like the fourth shot, right? Um, yeah. Uh, that 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 was an incredible run. Uh, you know, that's that's like watching somebody gamble their life savings away at, at, at the blackjack table in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows what's happening. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So this is another thing that happens, I think, with teams is they um, they so they have a, a problem. They have a need and they look at the board and they say, well, OK, well, we need X. So uh, let's let's pick X in the first round. Uh, even if there isn't a first round caliber player uh, in that round, they just sort of try to make the, you know, the square peg fit in the round hole. Right. And mm. that's, this is, this is what I, what I was saying before about the drafting a quarterback every year. Just, just don't do that. Like, look, look at what the Texans did last year. They, um, you know, they clearly had kind of a quarterback situation. They didn't, they didn't blow um uh, a pick on, you know, one of those, uh, they didn't try to get up, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the top of the first round and get one of those players. They sat and picked a guy in the third round who kind of worked out a little bit. Uh, and, you know, that's what the Lions should do. They should just, they should just blow picks on, in the fifth and sixth round on quarterbacks and um, until you, until you either get a real prospect in the first round, that's worth it. Uh, or, you know, uh, or they, or they find a veteran solution, right? Like the, the, if they're, if they're not really going to get rid of golf this year, I just don't, I just don't understand the logic of, of picking an unexciting, uh, 
quarterback in the first in the first round. I, I, this the the degree to which all the the um, draft nick uh, draft nick <laughs> are trying to hype up Malik Willis and and uh, and Pickett this year is um, it's 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 worse than usual. So I, for, for your sake, I I hope I hope it doesn't work out that way. Although. You know, watch watch both of those guys turn into all all pro quarterbacks now. That yeah, that. but yeah, but um, yeah, we'll probably, who, yeah. And the, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Oh, do I got gotcha? you? Uh, who do you want to pick tonight? Oh, um, I mean, I I think. If Walker goes number one, I think we end up going Hutchinson. Uh, I think Sauce Gardner's a little more in play than kind of what yeah. the books would say. Although, although I don't, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, last time we took uh, a corner that early, it didn't work out. But um, I think Hutchinson's probably the pick. Um, you know, I, I don't really see Thibodeau coming into Detroit um, as, uh, at least with this administration, as a great fit. Um, and even past that, as somebody that would re-sign, right? If he if he still ends up being great, um, he doesn't seem like a guy that would want to stay in Detroit. And like you know, as a smaller market team, you got to take that into consideration. So, um, you right. know, i i do kind of I do kind of have a thought on the Thibodeau situation. Then I'll, I'll I'll give up my time. But uh, you know, I I think the main issue the the way I look at it is like. Uh, when you get those bullshit questionnaires at work that ask if you, you know, are wasting time on the clock or college asking if you use external resources or joining the military and they're like, did you, you know, whatever, take unprescribed Adderall in college? Like, I don't, I don't think the, the goal of those questions is to get the truth. I think it's just to make sure that the person knows how to properly answer those questions. <laughs> and my whole thing with Thibodeau is just like, there's t- the NFL's loaded with guys that don't really give a shit about football. It's just a great job. I mean, you give up your body, but it pays well. Like, if if you care more about your brand, that's fine. I mean, like Russell Wilson, you know, is probably the most brand centric guy in the league right now, and like we see what his status is. But like, just don't say that shit. Like, just do it. Right? You care more about your brand. Like, okay, just do it. So I think the flag is more like, why do you need to announce? that you feel this way like just go ahead and do it you know i mean obj's a huge brand guy everybody knows it but it, he he isn't parading around talking about it he's just doing it so i think that's like where the hang-up would lie in my opinion with him um you know and i mean there's some uh clowny like plays that where he he definitely was loafing um you know six seven eight plays in a, a game in college but I, again, it's just like if you care more about your brand, that's great. Just just shut up and just care about your brand. You know, don't announce it to the world. Yeah, yeah. In in general, I'm I'm a big believer in uh, in not drafting guys who take plays off. So um, yeah, I'm with you on yeah. that. One. Um, but yeah, we we already had Ebron in Detroit, so we don't need we don't need somebody else. <laughs> You've had a number of those guys in Detroit, unfortunately, but that. Uh, the Ebron one was bad because we, we were mocked Donald or OBJ the whole offseason. So we would have had either OBJ with Calvin Johnson or Donald with Sue. Like, we would have had any of those two pairings, and we went Ebron. And it was just – it was a disaster right away. I mean, he's a competent NFL player, but seeing who went right after and how the, they would have fit in fine with our team. Like, and that was our best year. That was, you know, when we got screwed by the refs against the Cowboys in the playoffs his rookie year. So it would have been nice to have one of those two other guys. but. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I feel for you. I, the, I, I was actually rooting in the Super Bowl for the Bengals this year, just because I didn't want to see, um, uh, you know, what's his face win win a ring with with the Rams the first year that he left the with the Lions. I, I just thought that was Stafford. Um, I just thought that was that was like an an excessive blow to the city of Detroit, it seemed to me. But uh, anyway, I did, wish, wish you luck tonight. Ho- I hope they pick right for you. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, uh, Let's do a few more. Um, Jonah, are you there? Yeah, hey, Matt. Hey, how Jonah, are you? How's it going? 
Good. Thanks for having me back on. I bumped myself off before. Um, you are absolutely right about how the running back position has become completely devalued. I guess somewhere in like the mid 2000s, there was this belief that like the position was completely kind of interchangeable. It was fungible and you can just plug anyone in. But that's not the case at all. And your point about taking the best running back as opposed to the ninth best cornerback is so true. Because I'm looking at the um, the 2020 NFL draft. And do you know which cornerbacks were taken ahead of Jonathan Taylor? Um, it, it's uh, incredible. Uh, I'm trying to think. Akuda? Uh, who else is on that list? Yeah. Oh, right. Akuda, who's barely played. Um, uh, Damon Arnett uh, by the, the Raiders, who was, who was released by the team after brandishing a, a weapon uh, on Instagram. Um, oh, the Jeff Gladney was taken at the... Oh, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the kid from Miami. Um, the off- Noah Igbahanagin, who's never active. I'm a Dolphins fan. Uh-huh. Right, right. Uh... So... Jeff Gladney, he was taken by the Vikings at 31. He was uh, released by the team for some off-the-field incidents. I mean, those are the – and then some of these corners can't even really play. I mean, the ones that weren't released that are that are, are uh, aren't active, like Jeff Okuda, they're injured or they're struggling. There's like one or two hits at cornerback. And um, if you look at the um, – so I checked the, the statistics, um, the top five rushing leaders – from last season, all five of the running backs were either late first-round picks or early second round. Jonathan Taylor, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and Dalvin Cook, all late first or mid to early second. So that, that is the sweet spot to get a great back. And so maybe the league will figure that out. But I think the same mistake is going to happen this year where guys like Brees Hall and, and Kenneth Walker, they're going to drop. And then in two years, they're going to be on the cover of every single fantasy football magazine. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, corner is a funny position, right, because uh, – Clearly, there's some players who, you know, just scream first round pick, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the uh, champ Bailey's of the world, right? Jalen Ramsey. Um, but there's also plenty of guys who are six foot tall or six, six foot one who run a four four. And, you know, maybe they just need to work on a couple of things to become good. And, you know, you, you end up with. JC Jackson or you know there's 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 lots and lots of really good corners who, who you can find after the first round I, I so um I never understood that and especially this year did you watch the combine this year a little bit so there's like there's like 10 guys in the defensive back group who ran sub 44 times uh and, you know, obviously that's not – that doesn't tell you everything about whether or not the person can play cornerback. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you if you pick a bunch of guys uh, who run in the 4-2 range, like there's some kid from Baylor named Kalen Barnes who, um, who just flies. Like, you know, at the very least you're getting a special teams player. And I, I just don't understand the, you know uh, – like the whole mentality, oh, we need a cornerback, so we got to take one in the first round, as opposed to we know this guy's going to be a productive running back, and we're just not going to take him because we, you know, it's all about the blocking. It, it seems crazy to me, but uh, anyway, who, who's your team? You're, you're you're a Dolphins fan. Yes, yes, a huge Dolphins fan, and so um, I'm actually relieved that we're not picking this year because that way we can't screw anything up. You know, we have a player, and that's it, because. The 2020 draft, I mean, that was supposed to be like the, the franchise-altering draft, but it was it was a disastrous draft. I mean, three first-round picks, and you can argue that none of those guys are actually productive NFL players. Like, Tua, jury's out. And, by the way, they should have taken Herbert. That's a 
huge mistake that will haunt the franchise in the same way uh, taking Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. Like that is an enormous franchise altering mistake that they might never get beyond or it will haunt them for another decade. Um, yeah. Austin Jackson, huge bust. Yeah, they ended up having to trade for a tackle after that, right? Well, they, they, they signed they, one. They had to sign one in free agency. Right, right. Yeah, the the, the two thing, right? Like, that, that's uh, in college, but again, you know, what was what was the deal with his knee? Like, it had when, when he came out, he's like a six foot and a half guy who's got like a a, a serious injury. Um, and you're going to take him over Herbert? I, I thought that was a really weird decision, even at the time. Uh, what, were you excited about it when they took him? Yeah, very excited. I would have gone crazy if they had taken Justin Herbert because he reminded me of Ryan Tannehill. And all the fans wanted Tua, and now we're like, we're kicking and screaming about this. But like, we all wanted that. I wanted to. I remember celebrating when he was selected. And now it's just it's one of the stupidest moments <laughs> of my life because, you know... <laughs> Just because Herbert kind of was giving me Ryan Tannehill vibes and, and all the fans were saying, we don't want another Ryan Tannehill. We want a, a difference maker like Tua. And that was just not even close. Right. So, right. Um, oh, one more thing about the Laramie Tunsil um, situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if the Dolphins are able to actually put it together and, and win a Super Bowl, it, it really all traces back to that. <laughs> Because they traded him for a bunch of, uh, like, that's a 30 for 30. Right. That's true, right? Because, they, they, what, they get two picks out of that? They got uh, two first-round picks and a second-round pick. And then they ended up, right. like, turning those into more picks. And that's kind of how they were able to get Tyreek Hill because they had all this extra kind of draft capital. And um, so it all kind of, like, whoever leaked that bong video, I, I, I thank you very much, you know? Right. <laughs> And, and do, you, do you believe the, the, the Tom Brady's? Do you think that's actually a thing? Um, I don't know. I, I think there's some connections between Brady and um, the owner's right-hand man, Bruce Beal, I think his name is. Right. They have some business relationships. And so I, I think there's something to it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not Adam Schefter. I can't confirm that, you know, so I have no idea. <laughs> I just, I just thought the I, I thought the Hill move was a little weird and unless there was another quarterback move, but um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If they if 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 they end up getting that one last piece, that would be a great thirty for thirty. Uh, they they got to track down whoever shot that video though. Uh, I know, so. I know. It's uh... well, I can't. I anyway, can't. Matt, I'll, I'll let you. I'm, 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 I'm a Pats fan. Um, although, you know, frankly, the, 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 the Dolphins have suffered enough, really, in the last 20 years. Uh, right? I mean, I, 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 it's been kind yeah. of criminal that they've managed that team. So, uh, I mean, when was the last time the Dolphins even won a playoff game? It was, it was in 2000. I was actually in attendance for that game. Uh, uh-huh. I was I was in high school when it happened, and um, they haven't won. It was two thousand. Weirdly enough, it was they beat the Colts. Uh, so Jay Fiedler beat Peyton Manning in a playoff game. Right, right. Jay Fiedler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was before Brady. I think Brady was a rookie. He wasn't even the yeah. starting quarterback. That was his rookie season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, just 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 unbelievable. Yeah, and and the 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 Culpepper th- uh, Breeze thing, also unbelievable. And yeah, that that uh, I, I think karma is swung enough that I I, I I think I should rise above it and wish you luck tonight. I think mean, that it's I it's it's time. I I should wish you luck because the Pats have not done a great job drafting over the years. Belichick had to coach in spite of his roster. Like, they've had one of the weakest rosters, and you can trace it back to really... I mean, Nikhil Harry, right? Oh, Over Debo Samuel, yeah. A.J. Brown. I was excited about that pick, too, which is... I'll <laughs> tell you a lot about my expertise when it comes to... But, but uh, no, they've, they've, they've been bad lately, and, the, and, and the, the thing that sustained their entire run was not screwing up in the first round. Um, 
you know, they, they basically hit singles all those years. Uh, and now, now they've stopped doing that. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see, but, uh, I don't want to get too greedy, but anyway, well, I wish you luck tonight and thank you. You as well. It was great talking to you. I'm a huge fan and I, I just couldn't believe that you were also like a diehard NFL draft <laughs> fan. Cause I follow you for like media <laughs> criticism and, um, discussions about collateralized debt obligations and then all of a sudden we're crossing over with the draft it's like i'm a big michael tracy fan and it's like discovering that michael tracy is also really into the nhl playoffs it was just like strange and weird to find that out but it's just surreal to talk football with you and uh and i wish you uh i wish your team all the best tonight take care all right excellent thanks a lot jen i appreciate it um all right if, if, if there's um let's let's go on and um let's let's take one more if if we can uh i think uh is that al are you there you gotta unmute yourself hello hi hi um yeah this uh al's my mom this is uh jeremy (laughs) (laughs) um uh i follow you you for political stuff and then you were doing this so i got my son (laughs) anyways excellent i'm very excited about the draft as well tonight i'm a huge ravens fan and you know i have all these wonderings about you know is jermaine johnson gonna fall is Kevin tibio gonna fall to eight and we're gonna trade up for him but honestly i don't think any of that is really gonna happen no (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if Kevin Tibio drops to eight, I think we might we might make a move because they really like him, and that's that's my big. I mean, they're you know, in, hope they're in a good. Some, somebody's going to fall in this draft. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've never seen a draft like this where, I mean, you could make an argument for like twelve different players for number one, and I, I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. The uh, even the GMs have no idea. Like they're all, they're probably all terrified. Which means, yeah, somebody who could theoretically be a number one caliber player is gonna could easily make it to 14, 14 right? Yeah, yeah. and and yeah, the, the I, Ravens, I mean, they, you guys draft you're one like the all time great drafting team. So I know. Uh, that's why I'm very excited because. You know, this draft has a lot of really good defensive players. And, you know, I'm excited to see what we can do. And we also have a ton of picks this draft. Oh, uh, what, do you, what do you have outside the the uh, the first round? The first? Mm-hmm. I, I think we have a, a second and, like, maybe, two, like, two-thirds and I think, like, five-fourths. Or something like that. Like we have a lot of picks in the. We have ten picks overall, and we have a six-round pick. So That's, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. So what? What do the Ravens even need now? I'm trying to trying to think. They they need corners. Right? I think they need. Yeah. Yes, they need corners, and they yeah they need a tackle, and they need uh, a defensive end. It again. Probably. Sorry, you cut you. Sorry. I think yeah. I lost you for a second there. I think they they, they yeah. need a nose tackle too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They um they they signed uh, Michael Pierce in free agency. Right. Would you? Would you I wouldn't be mad at Jordan Davis. Yeah. I, if, if we got if we picked him, I just think that like we need edge rushers more than we need a D tackle at this moment. Right, right. You know, I think I think Jordan Davis is an elite prospect, and I think like you know getting him would really be big. But the problem is, is I think his floor is too low. Right. You know, especially for what we have. Like I think his floor as a two down, you know, run stopper is not what we need right now. We need to get pressure. Yeah. Like a player is yeah. going to play like twenty five snaps a game, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. feel a little weird about taking, but that could easily be the pick for the, for them. Like, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of mocks for him and for uh, Trevor Penning. 
because we need a tackle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pennington's a good player, right? I mean, he, he, he would he yeah. fit perfectly. The the, um, the the corner from Washington, the, what's his name, McDuffie, uh, he'll be around. Yeah. I think he's – he would fit. Although, although the uh, Ravens tend to play bigger, right? Not a yeah. Yeah, I think so. But they definitely need a lot of depth at corner, too, just because uh, um, we really don't have anybody after Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. We need a quarterback who's not a running back. Hey, we have Lamar Jackson, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> My mom is a big hater of Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> I don't think running backs make the best quarterbacks, but <laughs> what do I know? I- I wanted the Patriots to pick him. I was so bummed that year. So, um, yeah, but you got you guys got Mac Jones. I think he, you know, he could really become something. Yeah, no, I think I'm very high on Mac Jones. I, again, I think uh, quarterbacks. It's all about the whether or not they can process the field or not. Um, well, he, yeah, he, he looks good to me, but he looks a little small. I'm a little worried about him getting hurt. So. Um, yeah, cool. and he's had he's had some knee problems, yeah. right? Like in the past, yeah. I mean, he had a brace in his first preseason game, which that was a major red flag to me. I almost had a heart attack when I saw that, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, look, there's there's nothing nothing better than being a Ravens fan on draft night. So I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. So, um, you know, uh, even though it's a rival team, I, uh, I will admit I'm, uh, I'm jealous of you tonight. But, um, yeah, no, it should be interesting. It should be interesting. I think I think you got a lot of, a lot of good options there. Yeah, yeah. I def- you know, I definitely think that we're going to get, you know, a game-changing player. But, I, you know, you always get psyched on draft night because <laughs> unless, you know, you can't draft <laughs> well that's you know the thing is that, that's what i love about the draft as, a, as opposed to actually watching a, a, an actual sports contest uh nothing right. can go wrong like you know unless unless you're you know a lions fan and you know draft a sixth round player and then in the first round which, right. which does happen uh, you know, every, everybody's happy in draft night, right? And especially if you got a good track record. Yeah. So it's 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 just all happiness and sunshine and rainbows. Uh, <laughs> and then the misery comes later, and then they're right. complaining. So it's, tonight's a happy night. Uh, so enjoy it. And, uh, and you know, th- th- thanks for coming on. Th- say thanks to your mom, too. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yep. And um, I think I think that's it. That's, that's everybody in the queue. So thank thanks uh, thanks everybody for coming out tonight. And um, I will uh, try to be uh, doing more of these uh, in in the in the future. Again, had had some stuff come up um, recently, but uh, as uh, as George Brett once said, uh, that's all behind me now. Uh, and um, Good luck, everybody, tonight watching the draft, and uh, I'll I'll be tweeting a little bit too. So, um, uh, hope hope to uh, encounter you on social media. And thanks for coming out. All right, take care now.